The following audio comes from the National Disciple Making Forum by Discipleship.org. The theme was relationships, and Joanne Kraft of Grace and Truth Living led a track called Women and Disciple Making. Joanne Kraft has put together a nifty PDF download of 42 scriptures that are great for memorizing and for discipleship in general. And it's available for free through discipleship.org. Now, these scripture passages are a great way for you and someone you disciple to memorize scripture together. It has a beautiful design. And what's great is that you can print it off from anywhere you are in the world. This PDF is available for download through discipleship.org slash grace and truth. That's one word. So go online and download their free PDF at discipleship.org slash grace and truth. Now here's the track session from Grace and Truth Living. All right, everybody, welcome to seven ways to fail at discipleship every time. I think that's a good title. I'm sorry. I think it's really good. Um, I am Joanne Kraft. For those of you who don't know me, um, I have um, the founder of Grace and Truth Living Ministry, and it was born out of really um, discipleship, and that sounds kind of hokey to say that. Um, my career of choice was a 911 dispatcher. That's what I did for many years. Um, I have a very dark sense of humor. <laughs> my, husband, my husband is a former police officer. He's at our table. Make sure to say hi to him later. Um, surrounded by women everywhere. And uh, we met over a homicide. It's very romantic, I know. But my passion is discipleship, and so I'm so happy that you're here. How many of you were here last year in, or for the conference? And so obviously the rest that aren't first year, this first year? Okay, awesome. That is so awesome. And I just have to ask the same question that was asked at the class earlier. How many of you are doing discipleship in your church right now? Wow. Okay, y'all, why aren't you standing here? That's awesome. Well, perfect. Well, I am very um, open to questions, and so if y'all have questions and aren't afraid to bark them out, I am not afraid to answer them. Um, but we are being taped because this is going to be on a podcast for discipleship.org, so if I repeat it, it's not because um, you didn't say it right. It's because you said it right, and I'm going to repeat it. So let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to learn about your template for discipleship, your template for relationship, and how we can grow closer to you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for the women and men here, Father. And we just ask that we would leave with so much of you and, and with an excitement and a burden to start doing this, even if it's just with one person, Lord God. I pray there would be fruit that's everlasting. And I just thank you for everybody here, Lord. Be glorified. We, we're here to make your name famous, Father God. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so... Make sure it's working. Okay, so here, this is my ministry. And I'll tell you, um, I'm the mom of four kids, ages between the ages of 17 and 27. Uh, two of them are married. And I have found that, and I understand we do have men here, but I will say, since we are the bully on the block ladies here, um, we, uh, not only are we born with relationship DNA as God's creation, I believe we're also uh, just hardwired to nurture and disciple. Us moms get to um, play a small part with God in bringing life into the world. And what happens from the moment we're teaching them all sorts of things. Um, and some days it's easy. And some days it's not so easy. Some days we really like our little disciples. 
some days not as so much. <laughs> and that happens as our kids grow older as well. Um, but it's been a, a, it's kind of been an easy um, movement for me. It's been an easy kind of transformation for me to move from mom into discipling. And it's a real um, blessing. And it's, and it is, I will say, not always easy, but I will tell you it has been the sweetest part of being in ministry. Um, I write nonfiction books for parents and not because I know everything, um, because I want to get the last word with my kids. And um, it just has mattered to me to make a difference for Christ with, with my family and with me. And it's, um, I'll say that the big turning point for me when I was saved in my late 20s, my mom had cancer and she was like a year older than I am right now. And that's when I really came to faith in Christ, you know, wondering, asking those questions. You know, God, God puts eternity in our hearts, Ecclesiastes 3.11. And I think part of that is to ask those questions, you know, is God real? Who is he? Uh, you know, why am I here? And when that kind of eternal time clock started ticking for me and I started asking those questions, it was because of cancer. And when my mom passed away, I had, I had come to faith in Christ about six months before she passed away. And about six weeks before she passed away, I was able to just kind of regurgitate to her what I was learning from the pastor. And she came to faith in Christ, which could totally choke me up every time I talk about that. Um, how cool is that? That's like discipleship on steroids. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's awesome. And that's what we're doing. Um, when I became a Christian, I, I, back then I used to always say I became, I'm a spiritual late bloomer. I don't think 29 is a spiritual late bloomer anymore. <laughs> um, but I think 29, okay, I started meeting people that had been Christians for quite a while. And, or, and, I, and I'd be like, oh, wow. And they'd be like, oh, I've been a Christian for 47 years. And I'd be like, oh, that's so cool. And then I'd realize they're like a 47-year-old, 8-year-old. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't want to be 8 when I'm 47. You know, I want to be 47 when I'm 47. And so, you know, come on in. Come on in, Megan. Fine. There's, there's room over there. So discipleship is what that is for me. It's that I stay the age. I'm the age I am. That means I still need help. We all will. This side of heaven. But I know how to pour myself out. Now that my kids are grown, I can be awful needy with my adult kids. Well, now I get to pour into girls in my discipleship group. That's very helpful because they're a lot kinder with my wisdom <laughs> than my 20-somethings. <laughs> they're not in my discipleship group anymore. <laughs> so that's been hugely beneficial. My dad likes to say, well, now that I finally have answers to some questions, nobody you know, even asked me the questions. <laughs> so for me, it's been awesome because I think, wow, this is... A hand to glove fit, Lord. This is where I'm supposed to be. So ministry is, is what we do whether we believe we're doing it or not. We are discipling somebody. Somebody is watching you at your job. Somebody is watching you in ministry. I promise you, you're being watched. And the moment they know you follow and love Jesus Christ, you're big time right up there in the spotlight. So it's about discipleship. Everything that grows changes. I love this quote. I'm sorry, y'all. I, I have a lot of slides because I'm a visual person, so get ready. Um, God expects us to grow spiritually. The end result is his responsibility. Our job is to cooperate with the process. 
first off, before we go into the, the failings, I will say one I didn't include, which is I could have included like 50 because I think of all the ways I can fail and feel I'm failing at discipleship. Expectations. Expectations are a bad attitude of the mind. That's what they are. Um, there's a scripture that says, oh goodness, and I, don't, I forgot the address, but it's my, my soul waits silently for the Lord, for my expectation is from Him. Our expectations need to be from the Lord, not from us. We're not going to be doing it. We're not the ones. And, and every time I get stressed or nervous, I have some incredible friends that say, hey, it ain't about you. It's about him and it's about the Holy Spirit working through a, a vessel that's willing. That's all God wants, some willing vessels. Okay, so here's my tribe, my family. And, of course, we all look good when we're at a wedding, so I had to use that one. <laughs> so, um, from, so I have four kids. Megan is my oldest. That's her and Robert on the far left. Um, they live in New Orleans. And then David is the groom. That's his wife, Faith. Come on, that is cute. You know that's cute. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I didn't pray for her every day because I'm still learning about prayer. But I remember writing in my journal about the ones my kids would marry. And I, I am like, not that I'm not excited about Robert. I am excited about Robert. <laughs> but I'm ecstatic about Faith because she likes Hobby Lobby as much as I do. <laughs> Which frightens David and my husband, Paul, very much. Um, then my daughter Grace is on the far, your far left here. She's in college. And then Samuel's our youngest. He's also the tallest, and he makes sure to tell his big brother that all the time. He's uh, a senior in high school right now. Um, discipleship, I just want to tell you this, and I'm happy that this is the first day. You're going to sit in a lot of classes, and you're going to hear a lot of things. And you're going to go, wow, I just love what she's doing. Oh, my goodness. Look at what he does. I mean, Shadonke, come on. I've not been threatened with my life. So why would we even be here if we compared ourselves to his testimony, right? But it's not about that. I, I, I tell people it's like um, the song Amazing Grace. Think of it this way. Amazing Grace... You know the song. It's the most famous song in, in the whole world, whether you're a believer or not. Everybody knows that song. You can hear it on the bagpipes. You can hear it a cappella. You can hear it by a, a choir. And it's beautiful because that's the instrument being used. That's who we are. So when you look at this discipleship and you come in all these classes, I just want to encourage you, don't be discouraged if you go, well, this one, because you don't see behind the scenes and God wants to use you. That's why you're here. So this is my first discipleship. Dear Lord, I wish they could be here to talk to you. There'd be some funny stories. So talking about things that you want to do and doing things, excuse me, doing, uh, having the Lord work through each of you separately, I had to play something I really love. Anybody a Tim Hawkins fan out here? Yeah. He's like my fave. I'm a super fan. So I thought this would be perfect because we have lots of different churches represented here. And it just kind of shows you how God can use each one of us in different ways. Thanks for being patient, y'all. But that's the point I'm trying to make. We all have different personalities that God can use, each one of us, um, for his glory. Thank you, Jesus, for that, because I'm not good at house cleaning. So <laughs> what I wanted to share with y'all, actually, Kathy, will you hand out the Who is Your Elizabeth handout? I'm going to read to you a little portion of scripture. And, I, and if you are in class last year, you know I camped here. And I just love this because the Bible gives us so many different relationships that are discipleship relationships. David and Jonathan, 
I love Mary and Elizabeth, Ruth and, <laughs> Ruth and Naomi. We have a lot. Lois and Eunice. There are, are people that God puts together that he highlights and spotlights for us to look at in their discipleship relationship. So I want to take you to Luke. It's, this, it's the first part of Luke when um, Gabriel has come to Mary. And you remember a little, a little backstory there, Zacharias and, and Elizabeth, their story, where Elizabeth was barren and then he went, her husband went into the temple and when Gabriel, the angel, tells him he's going to have a baby, or they're going to have a baby, he doubts, not in a respectful way. And what happens? He can't talk. He comes out of the temple, and he no longer speaks. And he comes home, and his wife is pregnant. So let's go to the part where the angel Gabriel has, uh, is going to visit Elizabeth. And I want to read this portion to you. It's Luke chapter 1, uh, starts at verse 39. And we usually only read this at Christmas time, and I think this is a big disservice to women in discipleship. Now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judea, Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. As soon as she found out that she was pregnant, she went, and some Bibles say with, with haste, without, no, with haste, without haste. Come on, y'all. You guys are word people. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, according to Bible scholars, that was a three days journey. Okay, that's amazing. And she went to that woman that she loved, that she trusted, who was a little farther ahead because the, Gabriel, uh, the angel Gabriel had told Mary that Elizabeth was with child. So she knew where to run. And she entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you, she sang to Mary, among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord." And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has, he has had regard for the humble state of his bondslave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She goes on rejoicing. I love this picture of discipleship because, and, this, and I've handed it out to you, we all need an Elizabeth in our life. And we all should have a Mary. We should all have a Mary that knows they can run, that she can run to us. What I love about Elizabeth and Mary here is that Elizabeth, so many things I point out in your handout here, she loves the Lord. She loves the Lord. And that doesn't say she was a perfect wife. doesn't say, but they were faithful. They were faithful, her and her husband. She loves the Lord. She gives godly counsel and truth and love. She encourages Mary. I love that. And, and your Elizabeth should encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Um, one of the things that Mary doesn't do when, or excuse me, Elizabeth doesn't do when Mary shows up, she doesn't go, I'm sorry, I'm in my second trimester and my husband can't talk. <laughs> she doesn't say that. She doesn't say, hospitality ain't my gift. She opens the door and she says, come in. Not only does she do that, she shows total humility with Mary. She doesn't say, well, wait a minute. I'm older. I've been in the church longer, and you're having the Savior, and I'm just having a prophet? 
Well, that's not fair. She doesn't say that. She doesn't. She's humble. She's humble. She encourages, your Elizabeth should encourage you in your marriage. Your Elizabeth should be someone you desire to learn from. Your words, we say this in, in disciple talk, your words should be loud in their ears. There should be respect. They should respect what you have to say. This is why I don't have my children in my discipleship group. <laughs> Sometimes they're lacking. Sometimes they lack in the respect department. I mean, they're, they're great kids, but I'm not the one to be their Elizabeth the whole way. I, I even told my, my daughter who's married, I said, babe, when you, um, I'm just telling you ahead of time, when you and Robert fight, you can ask me to pray for you, but I can't know all the details. Because guess what? I will be mad for days. <laughs> and you and him will make up pretty fast. But I will still be mad for days. So I say, I can't be your Elizabeth like that. I can pray for you. I can love you. I can give you wisdom the best of my ability, but I can't be that. But you know what? You all, every one of us here has somebody that our words are loud in their ears. We all do. What else is, is your Elizabeth? Well, she prays for you. And y'all, I am so learning this one. This one is a huge one for me because it has not always been my go-to gift. We all have those prayer warrior friends that we love to call. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. Never do they say, I ain't praying for that. They never do. They pray for your son's football game. They pray for your everything. I really want to be that person, that prayer warrior. And I think the Lord's kind of working on that with me. And I know having Shadonka here was so helpful, wasn't it? Hearing about prayer. It doesn't mean you pray with your face on the ground 24-7 like an Italian monk. It means that you actually lift them up in prayer. You actually set apart time. I got to tell you this. My girlfriend, my Elizabeth, lives on the West Coast. And so when she says, hey, Joanne, I'll call her and share something with her. And she'll say, hey, okay, I'm going to pray about that. And I'll say, Celia, I'm telling you, when I get to heaven, I'm asking to see those prayers. <laughs> I'm holding you accountable for those prayers. And she goes, that stresses me out so bad. <laughs> I said, why? You should be praying for me. Um, your Elizabeth should rejoice in your successes. And we talked about this with Elizabeth and Mary. We should be happy. Um, we shouldn't be comparing and c competitive. That's the hardest one of all as a... As, uh, a woman of the faith, I think, because I know we struggle, we're, we're, we're flesh and bones, and then we look on Instagram and we think, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Okay, we, 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 it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. I, I, did a, I did a survey with my ministry of women and I asked them, what are the things you're struggling with the most? Are you struggling in your marriage, finances, child raising, you got a kid that went rogue? What are you struggling with? And do you know what the number one thing was? Loneliness. Loneliness. We are connected more than we ever have been in our whole live long. I know more about what you ate for dinner than I'll ever want to know. <laughs> ever. And if I see one more millennial's feet picture with a coffee, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> but I regress. What I'm saying is, some of them have cute shoes. I will give them that. But what I'm saying is we are lonely and the enemy knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing with that tool. He does. So if we start to feel that way, block. And people, I guess you all know, you can not block in anger, but just protect yourself. I'm in ministry, and there's a lot of ministry leaders I don't follow because here's what I think. I think, well, why am I going to say it? She said it way better. She's way thinner. She's way younger. <laughs> why do you want to hear me say it, Lord? I'll just go boo-hoo myself to sleep. Protect yourself. 
Don't do that. God has something for you to say, for you to be, for you to do, and you're meant to touch someone's life. You are, every one of you. So rejoice. She rejoices in your successes. And what else is your Elizabeth do? She sees your God-given gifts and encourages you to use them. That's huge. Encourage others to use their gifts. I have some precious friends, even right here in my, in my, in the audience right now, who encourage me and are blessings to me. Your Elizabeth, what we shouldn't do, well, we shouldn't gossip. We're going to talk about that in a minute with others or with others about you. What's that saying? What Susie says to Sally says more about Susie than Sally or something. You know? Oh, that's a rough one. I'll talk about that one in a minute. Elizabeth shouldn't disrespect your husband or your family. You're going to have times when in your discipleship group, you aren't going to like spouses. It's just how it is because you start to love these people. But that's okay. Just don't be disrespectful because you're rooting for them. You're praying for them. You're rooting for them. If you were praying for them, it's harder to gossip about them. And if you're praying for them, it's easier to root for them and pray for their spouse. Even the one that you're going, okay, this one is so in the wrong, pray for him. Pray for him. Um, your Elizabeth shouldn't disrespect your husband or your family. Uh, your Elizabeth should not remind you of past failures or ridicule your struggles. That's kind of, you'd think that was a given, but some of us ladies can be pretty sharp with our tongue, can't we? We can. We think we're being nice, but then there's a dig. <coughs> and we're saying something nice, and then there's a dig, you know? Your Elizabeth should not be in competition or, oh, there's a typo, or insecure in your achievements, which kind of is reiterates that. Kathy, will you pass out the, the second handout? And then I have for all y'all who like to um, have um, our note takers, I'm going to pass you out something you can be writing down. And meanwhile, while, she, while my lovely Vanna White here is passing those out, if you, if you sign up for the newsletter, I'm going to be sending out resources monthly um, little things, whether it's conversation starters to do with discipleship, like even when you're talking about words, a good example um, might be scripture printables about encouragement you can go over with your group. It might be, I, I, I'm a mom, so I, I do speak to moms a lot. So nine tips to quit yelling, something like that that will bless, you know, and you can talk about it. And one of the tips I give to quit yelling, I'm going to give you a freebie here. You, I, I use a serial killer voice. That's what I do. I use a serial killer. Let me tell you what that is before you go, what kind of class am I in? <laughs> when my kids get loud, I get quiet. If my kids keep it up, I don't blink. It's scary when you're not blinking. You're supposed to blink. <laughs> and I'm direct, and I call it my serial killer voice and my look, and I'm just monotone, one level. Just look at them. And it really does work. It really does. I'm just going to tell you that. It really works. I don't know how scriptural that is. There might be a verse on serial killers. I don't know. <laughs> so let me get my little, let's go to the next. So seven ways to fail at discipleship. Number one, here's a way to fail at discipleship. Be selfish. Do you all have your papers? Be selfish. It's the opposite of Jesus. What are we supposed to be? We're supposed to sacrifice. Disciple making is about sacrifice. Uh, the scripture I use here is Luke 14.33. And I, I'm going to see how well y'all know your verses. Those of you who do not give up everything 
Oh, excuse me, my glasses. Those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my what? Disciples. That's exactly right. Sacrifice. How well are you sacrificing? And I'll tell you, sacrifice means servanthood. Um, Jesus is the greatest servant, right? He's a, he's a servant leader. If you want to know what kind of servant leader you are, how do you respond when someone treats you like one? That's a good one with your kids, too. How do you respond when someone treats you like a servant? Talk to me at Thanksgiving, because I'll tell you. Right. <laughs> so how can we pray for you? Here's what I do with my discipleship group. We make sure after each discipleship gathering, we meet weekly. Um, and what I do is I've tried it every, I've tried it twice a month, um, because I tried to, to do it to, where they had child care, and, and it did not work. It was just, I mean, it worked. It was great. We got connected, and that was awesome. But we didn't get to really connect, connect like I wanted to. And so now we're on the school system schedule. So the moms in my group are, um, they, their kids are old enough to be in school. And so they, are, they come when the school's in. If school's out, we follow the holiday schedule. So that makes it pretty easy. You know, if it's snowing and school's called out for snow, well, then we're not going to gather. So that's been very helpful and it's been very good. We meet in my house and one of the things we always do is how can we pray? One of the other things we do in a group is we say, I, I do a roses and thorn kind of thing. Um, we start off with sharing a rose and a thorn of their week. What was a blessing? to you this week? What was a hard or a trial for you this week? And I call it kind of our roses and thorns. Try and end on a rose. It's more encouraging to end on a rose. If somebody has had a very thorny week and there are tears, there's, we pray. We lay hands on her and we pray for her so we can move forward. Because there are other people there in the discipleship group and then I'll make sure to connect with that person after. Yeah? How many are in your group? I have three. I have three. I really try and keep it at three um, because I am still busy, and even then, it's it's hard. I mean, it, I, and but now that my girls, I have them second year now. We do we're doing two years together, and so they're very mature. One of the gals is in here right now, Miss Melinda over there. She's at my booth back there selling adorable jewelry, by the way. So if you go down there, are they gone? Is everything gone? Okay, go down there and check it out. But so these girls are with me two years, and then I put responsibilities on them because otherwise it's just a mommy baby situation and, and I'm trying to raise them up to serve and have their own group next time around so I might say hey you look up this verse and tell me what this word means or hey that you know whatever it is I'll have them do things depending on what's going on in their life you know so second one you want to fill at discipleship be distracted uh, Luke 10, 38 through 42, the Mary and Martha verses there where Martha was distracted with much serving. That Greek word is paraspaho. Excuse me. It only occurs one time in the Bible, and it means um, to draw away from what God calls you to. And that's amazing, I think, that God uses that word one time between women. That's pretty helpful for me because I have the attention span of a gnat. I do. I really do. Don't ask my husband. He will totally tell you too much downstairs. Yes, I do. But God warned us of that. Mary has chosen what? The better part. And it wouldn't be taken away from her. And because of that, there's a piece that that's the piece that surpasses all understanding when we focus on him. So disciple making, what's it about? It's about peace, the prince of peace. So blessed are the 
peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Do any of y'all do what I do at church sometimes? And I'm, I hope Bobby doesn't hear this. But sometimes at church, I'll fill in the blanks before they go through it. Are you that kind of person? <laughs> I am wrong so often. <laughs> so often. Prince of Peace. So uh, quite a few. This is an old picture of my family. And uh, like I say, where the Lord started me in ministry was uh, busyness, distractions. Our family took a year break um, like 10 years ago now. We called it our radical sabbatical. Um, we were burdened with the captivity of activity. And the Lord just really kind of shook me up and said, hey, we're going to take a break. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be serious about being a set-apart family. We, anything I had to drive the kids to, I stopped doing, except the things I chose, you know, which was youth group or we obviously went to church. Um, so it was sweet. If the kids had something that was at, at school that I didn't have to drive them to, like one of my girls was in choir, okay, I got to be the one that made the rules. And that year we learned to be a family again. And that was how the Lord kind of birthed my first book because I wrote about it. And it was just, a, it, it, I can't tell y'all, if you just make one little change, even in discipleship, one little change and work on one thing, the Lord blesses unbelievably, exceedingly abundantly so. And, and I know it sounds cliche to a bunch of ministry leaders, but it's true. His word is true. He does. So we got to break free from the captivity of activity. Though I will tell you, my son there, he was pitching. He said I ruined his baseball skills. <laughs> He did say that, but he was never going to be that good anyway. <laughs> so, and I love this quote from Tozer. It's, whatever excites the curiosity, scatters the thoughts, disquiets the heart, absorbs the interest, or shifts our life focus from the kingdom of God within us to the world around us, that is a distraction, and the world is full of them. Elizabeth Elliot says, distraction or frustration is not the will of God, because distractions cause frustrations. She said, frustration is not the will of God. There's time to do anything and everything God calls us to. And remember, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life abundant. And when, well, I think it starts with time stealers in our day. He first comes to steal our time. He comes to steal our time. And I, and I, ask, this, I ask this almost every time I speak. I know you're a time stealer. You're going to know it in two seconds. I'll tell you this. You will know it. Where would somebody put a sticky note if they need to get a hold of you in case of an emergency? That's your time stealer. And my guess is it's most of our phones. It's most of our phones. And I talk about that in my Mean Mom's book about technology and distractions and all those things in parenting. Third one is if you want to fail, be afraid. We have so many fears. We, and the Lord tells us, and I have never checked this out. Maybe you all have checked this out. Is it really 365 times that God says do not be afraid in his word? Has someone confirmed that? Praise the Lord. Okay, good. I'm going to trust you. I don't even know you, but I trust you. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid to have that awkward coffee, which is awkward, I'll tell you. The first one is kind of awkward, but it has been a blessing. And I can't tell you how many times I've acted on those coffees and women have wept. Wept and said, I was not going to ask, I was not going to, I prayed about it, I just talked to my husband about it, and I'm telling y'all, act out, don't act out in fear, act out in obedience. That is God's love language, right? Act out in obedience and just do the thing. Do not question it, do not be afraid, don't give it time. Just walk, walk and do it. So what do you need to do? You need to be courageous. Disciple making is about courage. And when the Holy Spirit's working in us, y'all, 
come on. When the Holy Spirit is in us, do we really need to worry? Do we really need to not? Do we need to fear? No, because he can turn anything around, even the dumb things we say. And I have said things to the girls in my group and went, oh, that wasn't right. That was off. That wasn't okay. And that's a, a humility says, hey, I'm sorry, that was wrong. Or I'm sorry, that wasn't sound doctrine. Well, no, you really shouldn't do that. That wouldn't be, that's not being kind, you know, because I can get a little mother henny with the girls. I'll say that about courage, yes. So the scripture is, be strong and courageous. courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, y'all are so good at this. What's the next one? Number four. Oh, wait, sorry. I, I told you I put a lot of pictures in there. If you have time to worry, you have time to pray. Um, prayer is huge when it comes to fear. Uh, what's that saying? Where there's, um, where there's faith, there's no fear. Where there's fear, there's no faith. Um, I'm not sure I, I, that's a scripture because I think I still have faith and I'm scared. I'm still a little scared, Lord, but do it afraid. Do it with him. Everything I've done, y'all, I'm telling you, I've written two books. I have no degree, nothing. If the Lord, if you, if you gave me a test, not even God, because he'd be nicer than y'all. If you gave me a test on what kind of hanging participles and quotes and I would get a F. But God loves to use us. He does. So don't worry about it. Just do the thing. Now we'll move on to the next way. Oh, did I mix you all up? Be unteachable? That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Thank you all. Okay, so be unteachable. Um, That's a big one because when you disciple somebody, you have to be up front with them from the beginning. I'm going to get in your business a little bit. The other thing I would say, you're, you're not there to dump everything about you with them. One of the things about friendship and in a discipleship transparent relationship, I share what on a need-to-know basis. Um, that means I don't, when I share, you know, my testimony or my story with the women, I share, there's not enough time for any of us to share everything the Lord's ever done in our life. Yeah, there's a highlight reel, but maybe I've been a little more sinful than y'all. There's a lot that I don't share. Now, when it comes up, guess what? I'm going to share it. And that's how I treat my kids as well. I don't blab, oh, you're 15. It's time you know what I did at 15. No, you don't need to know what I did at 15. Because you're just going to make an excuse as to why you want to do it now at 15. So on a need-to-know basis. And they'll be there, I'll tell you, when they're ready to be discipled, they are a blessing. It doesn't take much if they don't listen to you. You just call them and say, hey, listen, you haven't done these two things. I asked you to memorize this scripture. And just talk to them. And they are great about it because they have a teachable spirit. They really do because you start off telling them that, hey, I need this from you. And so what's the opposite of that is humility. I'm starting to believe, so I'm 51 years old now, just about, I'm getting there. And I think humility is, is God's way of just old age is humility. I think it is. If we haven't figured it out by now, humility, it's going to be taught to us by the time we're 80, 90. Um, my daughter, Grace, works at a assisted living, and we have, I love older women. I do. Uh, see, my husband always says, you say things a man could never say. I love older women. <laughs> He's like, godly men could never say that. But I will go with her um, to where she is with the assisted living ladies. And there's a lady, Miss Barbara there. She's 92. And we try and go weekly. We've been going. I mean, I love this woman. Y'all, there is a, just so much riches and wealth in people that are just hungry to share. 
hungry to share with you and, and take your kids there. Because one thing about discipleship is we did that for Christmas last year. We brought them there to sing to everybody. But honestly, it's, it's, it's the sweetest thing. Do that. Don't forget the older, older, older women. Because we're living a lot longer, y'all. And I want people around me. I told my kids I want to live on their land and they think it's weird. <laughs> oh, wait. God opposes what? The proud, but gives grace to the humble. Oh, and real fast. Okay, so humility. One can easily become too great to be used by God. One can never be too small for his service. Corey Tenboom. Um, I'll tell you, um, I'm going to give you a little story about today. So we've all heard Shadanka write talk and, and heard his testimony. And we're like, oh, you know, wow. Well, earlier today, I was hungry, and I came in here to get ready and stuff. We had, as you can see, some technical difficulties, and um, I missed lunch. And I thought I, I thought I was going to cry. I was so hungry and tired. <laughs> Isn't that pathetic? I'm like, I'm really hungry. I'm really hungry. And my husband's like, oh, do you want to go watch Sedanke talk? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> really hungry. But honestly, humility. It's what we all need to learn. I know I could go without a few meals, that's for sure. But that's how the Lord gets me, right? He takes my food. So can you. <laughs> okay, next. Be uncommitted. Be uncommitted. So disciple making is about faithfulness. If you make a commitment, stick with it. There's no problem in taking a week or two off if you're going to be traveling or because I do travel. I speak all over and it, there are weeks that I may not be able to meet with the girls. But try and make it up. Try and make some time up or make a phone call or call. What we use, which is a phenomenal app, we use Voxer. Have you ever heard of Voxer? Any of y'all? It's phenomenal for Voxer. V-O-X-E-R. It's called Voxer. And v is in Victor. Mm -hmm. O-X-E-R. And it is fantastic because it's like a walkie-talkie and we can talk back and forth and pick up the messages when we have time. Yeah, so if I miss a call, I feel pretty terrible that I've missed their call and maybe I'm tied up for a few hours. Well, they may have left something. Well, this way I can pick it up real fast and it's, it doesn't force you to be on the phone forever. They don't feel like I'm chattering their ears off forever. So it's a great, it really does help a lot. It's very helpful. So faithfulness. Be faithful about what you say. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Oh, wait, one more real quick. Well done, good and faithful, faithful servant, which I wanted to say to y'all when you walked up here because you made it to the third floor. <laughs> you have been faithful over a little. I will see you. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And when our lives, I love, I'm so, I told y'all quotes, when our lives are yielded to the spirit's control, God is certain to work through us in leaving his mark on those around us. Isn't that sweet? I'm going to say that one more time. When our lives are yielded to the Spirit's control, God is certain to work through us in leaving His mark on those around us. It's by Blackaby. I love that. Next way to fail. Be a gossip. Okay, so um, little, little transparency here. Gossip is um, a part of my genetic makeup. <laughs> my green eyes, gossip, and yes. So I come by it very naturally. I'm from a family of a lot of women and a lot of women who like to talk. So I think I'm being really good when I don't gossip with my discipleship girls or with people at church. But let's be honest, we're, we're comfortable with our sin in other places. So I'll gossip with my sisters or I'll gossip with my aunts or I'll gossip after the family wedding or I'll gossip, you know, and that's rough because it's like, it's like a private secret sin. And guess what? It's sin. 
So years ago, I was teaching Titus 2, and it was the first time I was going through um, the part that said when, when um, he says not to slander, right? Well, I was so excited to teach this study. I was like so excited because all the women gossiped in my group. And I'm like, they need to hear this. <laughs> this is going to be good. I'm spending six hours extra on gossip for them. Well, I went to go teach. Nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. I couldn't even talk behind their backs after that because I'd been studying gossip, you know. I went home and I cried like most of us would do if no one showed up, right? And my husband said to me, he's always so full of wisdom and encouragement, <sighs> he said, sweetie, what if that was for you? Yeah. Oh, pierced me. I never taught that study. I never did. I didn't save it for the next week because that's what I wanted to do when I was driving home. I didn't. Because honestly, when you disciple, God, God gets you first. <laughs> but it's a good thing. But it's a good thing. You want that because you want to help change lives. You want to leave a legacy. You're, you're planting seeds in a garden that you may not ever see. But I'll tell you, it reminds me of this lady, or excuse me, this gentleman at Home Depot years ago. I went through this line at Home Depot, and he was an older gentleman. I would guess maybe in his 70s. Well, that don't look that old to me anymore. But he was, he was there, and he had this big old cross on his, on his chest. And I said, oh, I, love your, I love your necklace. And he said, well, thank you. He said, well, you know what? He goes, I'm a Christian. And I said, oh, I'm a Christian too. And he said, you know, when I get to heaven, you know, the first person I'm going to run to when I get there, and I'm like, okay, I know this one. Jesus, right? Come on. I'm like, Jesus? And he goes, no. He goes, I'm running to my mom because she prayed all my life and never saw me come to Christ. That's what discipleship is, y'all. It's planting seeds. It's writing notes for a song that you may not sing. But you know what? God will take it farther than any five minutes we ever spend on it. Any five minutes. All right, next one. How do we fail? You're going to tell everybody I was not. Wait, be a gossip. Oh, we encourage. So, what's the scripture, y'all? Well, oh, excuse me. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for edification. edification this is probably a bad one. Building up encouragement, right? As fits the occasion, that it may give grace. To those who hear. This is a big one. Um, no corrupting talk. The Lord doesn't even give you an out when you stub your toe. I never thought about that. That's kind of frustrating. So what do we do? We encourage. Some of us are gifted at encouragers. And I'll tell you, I, I would love you all to be my friends. I, I mean, we all need an encourager. We all need a Barnabas in our life. Um, I am an encourager. That's the top of my like gifts. My husband bottom of his gifts. So his way to encourage is to tell me how to do it better next time. That's encouragement. Like that is not encouragement. And so God puts us together, holy sandpaper, to work out our differences and bring him glory. But that's why we need discipleship, y'all, because we need to be connected. And, and I know there's no scripture on this. I hope they may have to cut this out of my talk, but women do live longer than men. It's a fact. So we need to be in relationship. That's what we do, right? So let it be encouragement. We rise by lifting others. Encourage, edify, and exhort. The word exhort means to use like a trumpet 
to make an exhortation, to, I mean, to shout out something. When was the last time you told somebody something that was kind and loving and encouraging? I'll tell you what, you want to you stretch yourself? Say it to the person you're jealous of. Say it to that person that you struggle with. That's some holiness right there. And seven, last but not least, be a hypocrite. Okay, so our kids can sniff this out better than anybody, right? When, when we're trying to model and model Jesus to them. It's huge. It's a big thing. But I'll tell you guys, um, the best way to model Jesus, because um, being a hypocrite, right, disciple making is about Jesus, is to ask forgiveness. Um, asking forgiveness leaves a lasting mark. It is the ultimate. And sometimes we need to do it daily. Because I know I've been in women's ministry a long time. How many are in women's ministry here? Okay, there's quite a few of y'all. Well, if you know a woman, you're fine too. We, <laughs> we're around some people and it's rough, right? And when we have uh, Christian women and, and we're in the church, we have those wrong expectations. Wait silently for the Lord. My expectation is from Him, not from them, not from the people I'm discipling. Because I'll promise y'all, it does feel, it's exhausting sometimes because you're not getting poured into it feels like if you're not reaching out to your own Elizabeth. It feels very um, consumer Christian sometimes because you're like, okay, uh, did, you know, because with my girls, what I do is I say, okay, once a what during the week, well, right now we're reading through the Bible. That's what we're doing. We read through the chronological Bible. That's what we're doing. And um, it's been awesome because we can talk about it. We can chat about it. We pray together. We, um, we also, what else do we do? Oh, we're doing scripture this year. What else? Anything else, Wanda? We pray the Vox. Go ahead. Yeah, we pray. So we each of the girls has a day during the week. And so they Voxer each of us and pray for each of us. Um, so we hear them praying for us. And that's awesome. Instead of a text, instead we actually hear their words. And if they're in the word every day, like they say they are, um, they will sometimes give us a scripture. or And that's awesome because we're trying to train them to the point where they're going to miss it. If they don't do it, right? So there you go. So that about Jesus. And the scripture is, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my, you're truly my... What was that, y'all? Disciples, yes. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I want to read you something really quick. I read... Um, sometimes I start with a devotion with the girls. It's very easy. Let the, let the Holy Spirit have some space in your time and be who God made you to be. Um, so here we are right here about discipleship. Deci this is um, utmost for his highest. And I read this and I love this. Discipleship is built entirely on the supernatural grace of God. Walking on the water is easy to impulsive pluck. But walking on dry land as a disciple of Jesus Christ is a different thing. Peter walked on the water to go to Jesus, but he followed him on the land a lot farther. We do not need the grace of God to stand Christ's human nature. He says human nature and pride are sufficient. We can face the strain magnificently, but it does require the supernatural grace of God to live 24 hours in every day as a saint, to go through drudgery as a disciple, to live an ordinary, unobserved, ignored existence as a disciple of Jesus. It is inbred in us that we have to do exceptional things for God, but we have not. We have to be exceptional in the ordinary things.
Oh, isn't that good? Isn't that rich? And I have one other thing I want to, two other things I want to show y'all. So when you start to disciple y'all, so I have a book and if you want to disciple your kids, it's at the Grace and Truth Living Table. We have leaders guides too. Um, there's a part that I love in here. What happened at the greatest ministry work of all was Jesus on the cross. I think we'd all agree with that, right? Jesus on the cross is the greatest ministry work ever. What happened when that happened? There were earthquakes. There was darkness. Don't be surprised, y'all. I consider it a backward compliment from the enemy. When you go home and you're all excited and you got your balloons in one hand and your discipleship, a cotton candy in the other, and you get home and you're like, yes, I'm going to do discipleship. And then God takes the balloons out of this hand and puts a sword. And he takes your cotton candy out of his hand and he puts a shield. Don't be surprised, y'all. I wrote... The world responded to Christ's greatest ministry work on the cross with complete darkness and earthquakes. So why are we surprised to encounter trials in our ministry of, of discipling? Be encouraged with an earthquake or two. It's a holy response to God's work and your service. Y'all, God has a plan for you. And, I, and if you need any consultation, anything, <coughs> contact me. GraceandTruthLiving.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Do we have? We have just a couple more minutes. If y'all have questions, anybody about anything? I'd like to ask. Yes, um, a Bible study small group um, is definitely word driven, but I find it can sometimes not be transparent. Sometimes too, I will say this: a, a disciple. I'll tell you this about a discipleship group. There are fantastic teachers out there, y'all. We, we've all been taught by many of them. I love a lot of them. But we're not training up teachers and people to do that in our own body. And we, in a discipleship group, you're teaching them how to find the word. You're teaching them what to do. You're teaching them those things. Where with a study, which I love studies, it's all right there. Just fill in the blank. Just, okay, what scripture? There's the scripture. Read the scripture out loud. It's all good stuff. But I want to be a 47-year-old, 47-year-old. I want to kind of invest in them in a way where they know how to get the answers so now they can do that study and have a deeper study. So that's the plan this next year. But I will say this about them. Joanne, yeah. do you repeat the question? Oh, do the girls, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> do uh, discipleship girls after their time go out and disciple? So here's the thing. This is the end of our two years, so they will be doing that. They considered it this year. Um, they know when we start that's what's expected. It's not a, it's, you're not going to be fired if you don't do it, but they know from the get-go, from our covenant, that's what we're doing. Um, I will say this, um, three of my girls, one of them is, is a pastor's wife, so she's working today, but two of them are serving here at the conference, and that says a lot because you want to create servant leaders, and they are servant leaders, and let me tell you how much it stinks. I didn't have help at my table. I had to beg. Well, Melissa, thank God, she showed up. I had to beg my husband. She was coming, but they're all, the church is using all the people that I'm discipling, so that's awesome for people in church that need help, so I find who, who is the Lord kind of bringing up to mind over and over? I found, you know, I see them. They're hungry. They're um, at church events and stuff. I could tell they're making time they're already making time. Um, there are people also that I call on a monthly basis that I wouldn't say are in an invested discipleship group that may not be ready, that I, I just might have a cup of coffee with, but I um, invest in those that I see already having a hunger. You've been listening to the Disciple Makers Podcast. That message was from Grace and Truth Living's track called Women in Disciple Making. Download their free PDF giveaway that has 42 printable scripture memory cards 
at discipleship.org slash grace and truth. In addition to this podcast and that download, you'll find dozens of other great discipleship resources at discipleship.org as well. May the Lord bless you as you seek to grow as a disciple maker. Thank you.